Honestly, what else is there to say on a Tuesday? <laughs> Good question. Tuesday, May 9th, 2023. I'm Stephen Sersky, your Canadian expat in China. I'm living here. I've been living here for quite a while, and I'll tell you, uh, this episode might be a little bit uh, shorter today because uh, I was thinking like there's not too much uh, going on at the uh, at the current time. Um, currently getting some messages. Was just chatting with a a, a buddy, a former um, colleague who is living in uh, well, he's in Kenya right now, although he's supposed to go to uh, Georgia afterwards and then back to the states uh, and. Um, one of the, uh, he was interesting, talking to this guy, he's always sort of like a little bit of a, I guess you would, a breath of fresh air in the sense of a very different perspective from what the uh, mainstream media portrays. But then also, the other thing is that uh, you do have to sort of take some of the things that he says with a bit of a, you know, a, gra- a grain of salt. Like, uh, he, he reads a lot of news, a lot of media, uh, and as a result, he sort of has a very, um, I don't want to say triggered. <laughs> he wouldn't, he actually probably would not deny the idea of it being a triggered sort of uh, reaction, reactionary sort of viewpoint of a lot of things. Um, the, the guy's savvy, savvy, savvy. He's not, he's not dumb, right? So he's, he's got a brain, he's, he's educated. Uh, and I mean that in all sense of the words, uh, in all sense of the word and that, you know, not just university, but in terms of globally and in terms of looking at things, he, he's got a critical eye and a critical mind uh, of, of what's going on. Some of the things that we sort of uh, disagree on are and how things are going to shape up and sort of how much we can sort of believe in what the uh, the, the mainstream media, actually, no, sorry, the media in general, how much of what we read and see in the media, can we actually take as what's going on? And I mentioned this before about like, in terms of your life, what do you see happening right in front of you that would change your opinion about what's going on? The idea being that when you see, oh, this country is going for a decline, that country is going for an incline, this country has lots of jobs, in the circle of people that you know, in the job that you have, in the place that you are living, what are people talking about? What are they doing? What are they acting upon? Acting upon being very much doing. Like a, I'm not just talking about like running around the yard seven times a day or something like that, whatever. But I'm, where are they talking about where they're sending their kids? Where are they talking about living? Where are they talking about moving to? Are they talking about moving to anywhere else? What types of jobs are they thinking about getting? When you say what you do, are they impressed or are they like distressed? They're like, oof, oh, you're that, are you? <laughs> That's sort of where this kind of goes, that, that sort of analysis, that first person face-to-face analysis on the ground, boots on the ground sort of analysis of what's going on. Because let's face it, as expats, we live this. We can read all of the news headlines in the world. We can hear all the political diatribes that are going on and everything. At the beginning of the day, if we are an expat employed in some other country, because we are, we're expats, 
what does it matter? Really, you can say that, oh, well, this country has uh, said that the, there is an embargo on this and that, and this is no longer allowed. When you go to your local shopping market, do you see a difference in the prices? And if you do see, this, this, ah, this is the funny part that no one really talks about, and so I guess you would say the media sort of sidesteps, and with good reason, because it doesn't tell the, the sensational story that it is of, of the inflation. And no doubt you've heard that word, but let's face it. You, you, go to the, you go to April Gourmet, you're in Beijing. You know, Oil has gone up. Shampoo has gone up in price. I've talked about this before. Do you take your original shampoo, your shampoo, or do you look one bottle or two bottles or one shelf down and look for the sale version? You go for the sale version. The sale version is how much compared to what you would regularly regularly pay for your original or your normal bottle of shampoo or conditioner or flax seeds or tuna cans or bakeries or rice or broccoli or meats, your chickens, your whatever. Like, are you going to, if are you going to be so adamant in getting your brand of food that you refuse to take a sale prices go up oil goes up gold goes up all these commodities go up and yet there's a sale why is there a sale why 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 because they have extra stock or because they bought so much at a certain price and they're like well now we have to sell this there's a lag there's a time lag in how much that 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 price increase or decrease, usually the decrease never factors in anyway, but they have to sell it because the food goes bad, especially with foodstuffs, right? I don't know. What do you see? What do you see when you see that? When you're, when you're living as an expat, walking down the street to your local supermarket, to your local international supermarket, are the prices any different? And if they're that much different, are you still going to buy the same thing or are you going to buy something on discount? Are you willing to take that chance? And expats normally will take that chance. They just will. I think, actually, to tell you the truth, not even just expats. Most people will take that chance. How was Ukrainian class today? Well, uh, decent enough. Uh, she's in Portugal, not Spain. I think I said she was in Spain before, which I was wrong. She corrected me, and I was like, well, what's the difference? And she uh, corrected me in, uh, in uh, Ukrainian and then in English as well. Um, this is the uh, lady who's sort of in charge of forcing me to read a bunch of Ukrainian because I don't do it. One of the reasons I thought about this actually as an English teacher as well, whether offering this sort of service of like, I will force you to read English for 45 minutes. Sounds like a great idea. Because honestly, with my language vlog and my other language writings and stuff like that, my own studies... I kind of look at this and go, you have to read. You have to have that input, that extensive exposure to the language. You, not just for reading for understanding. You have to read just to see the words, formulate the, the uh, pronunciations in your mind, in your mind's pronunciation, your mind's voice, and then activate them through your mouth. A complicated way of saying you have to read out loud. You have to practice. You have to practice seeing, reading, and saying those phonemes, those sounds 
in your target language, the one, the language that you're studying. For me, Mandarin Chinese, Ukrainian, those are my two targets right now. That's what's going to happen. She, uh, I, <laughs> we talked for a little bit at the beginning of class, and she's like, well, so what do you want to do? Do you want to uh, keep on talking? Do you want to read some articles? I'm like, well, let's read something. And she pulled out another war article in <laughs> Ukraine. I'm like, uh, well, do you have anything else like that's like not so war-ish? Like everything is Ukraine war right now. And she's like, well, but it's a war in Ukraine. I'm like, yes, yes, I know. I, under- I get it. I understand it. I sympathize. I empathize. And I appreciate it. Um, but Ukrainian literature is a little bit more than that. Now, this, of course, you're going to say, Steve, but yesterday you were complaining about the high-level uh, Taras Shevchenko Kobzar reading that you were doing yesterday, right? So, like, WTF. Well, yeah, maybe... <laughs> Maybe I gotta dial down my uh, Ukrainian expectations, or I gotta dial up my Ukrainian input in order to hit this sort of level of uh, of ability. Because I'm failing, I'm failing at this language. I'm not gonna lie. It's a, and it's to the point that I'm kind of wondering how much are you actually putting in, and how much can you expect to get out of it? And I see it in my teachers. I, I, and I appreciate it. They're doing their job. I paid them a fee, and they're doing it. Uh, you know, if I was an English teacher looking at a, a student who had paid the money, who obviously had the cash, wasn't hurting for it, and was looking to be handheld through a class, how much effort would you put into that, right? I mean, that, that, that's sort of basically what it comes down to of, as a teacher, what's your commitment to someone who isn't really committed to the class? Now, with that, I have to say, these Ukrainian teachers, in contrast to the other Ukra- other language teachers I've had, are not as willing to defer to a textbook than the other teachers. So Chinese teachers defer to a textbook. Uh, other Slavic language teachers defer to a textbook. Use the same one. I can tell you which one it is. Paichale. Ukrainian teachers, typically, no. Typically, it's conversational. Tif- uh, typically, it's uh, as-you-go sort of thing. Uh, we're speaking. We're, they're giving me uh, vocab. I would love to believe that the reason why they're doing this is because I've given them the impression that I actually know something about the language which is true, I do. But I can't say that my language ability in Ukrainian is all that good and that I might want to appreciate a little bit more of a hand-holding through these early stages of the Ukrainian language. It doesn't help that I've, I've studied other Slavic languages that sort of give, give a, a different indication of my, my language, my linguistic abilities, both within like Ukrainian and the other Slavic languages, and in terms of uptake, language uptake in general, right? Which I'm flattered. At the same time, a little bit worried. So again, do I have to up my game? Do I have to up my game as a student? Yes. Or do I have to up my game as a student within a class in which I request certain materials and activities from my teacher, teachers, 
that enable me to better produce the language. Stephen, WTF are you talking about? Basically, I'm saying I do have to study more, but how can I get elicit or get more from my teachers thinking or believing that they think that my language abilities are better than they actually are? That's what it's coming down to with Ukraine. With Ukrainian. May You Make Your Movie continues. This is my video challenge. So throughout the month of May, I'm making a video every single day throughout the month. And uh, today was actually more stop motion. I did another, there's actually an uh, homage to another guy on uh, Instagram. I think that's what he's going by. I think it's a he. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but he's on Instagram as well. O O underscore K K underscore A A. You can look him up. That's fantastic. Stop motion. Very simple. Very straight ahead work. That's what I tried to mimic today. And I'm looking back. I'm at the playback of the stuff that I did. I'm going, yeah, that's not what he does at all. It's the idea. And I do have to give him credit for the inspiration. But at the same time, I got to go. I hope. People don't think that that's what he does because that's not what he does. What you see is what I did thinking I could do what he did. He done, he done, he did, he done, he did, he done did, right? That's the idea. But uh, got some interesting ideas coming up for uh, May You Make Your Movie. Today was one of them. Uh, it was basically like a, a finger and an arrow. Finger, I think it called it finger arrows, arrow finger. Well, that'd be a better word, I think. Arrow finger. Um, but finger arrows, I think, is more accurate because it's just me tapping on a desk. But it's all stop motion. All stop motion. And it's sort of tracing out the length of an arrow over a certain duration of time. It's like, I think the whole thing is like 20 seconds uh, of, uh, of final uh, finalized video. I think I took about 550, 600 pictures total. And already I'm seeing, actually, if you're ever going to get into stop motion, one of the, uh, the issues that you're going to run into is like, if you have a camera or a cell phone, if you're using your, your cell phone as your main camera source, you are going to run into the problem of overheating. And that's what was happening today, actually. Um, not a huge issue because I got most of it done before it started overheating. But I'm looking at this thing, you know, debating, you know, do I buy a specialized camera? Do I do I upgrade or do I just use my cell phone like as the, the rough and tumble or uh, rough and tumble uh, bootstrappers do? Like, just use your cell phone. You got a video. You got a camera on your cell phone. I'm like, yes. And it, it, it constantly tells me that it's overheating all the time. Like, when do you replace that sort of camera? Right? So, hey, we're not at that point just yet. There was a guy who followed me today who uh, I used to work with. And actually, I will tell you, him following this account, this May You Make Your Movie account, has me on hot coals, glass coals, Glass shards and hot coals. Because I'm like, wait a minute. This actually made it real. Because this, this, this is... Uh, his viewpoint... He was actually one of these guys that I've seen who just sort of offhandedly did a stop-motion clip many years ago. Uh, and I was like, that's actually very good. And he's like, nah, we just fucking around. I was like, you're, you're, you're messing around is better than my attempt. Like, wow, snappers. 
he started watching this stuff. So he's going through my old stuff, and I'm like, I'm already looking at this, going like, if I was a tertiary or corsurary party, looking at the stuff I've created, would you be impressed or not? And after three years of running the May You Make Your Movie Instagram handle, and now I've just added the YouTube channel this year, this year, and on my website, I go like, are you seeing an improvement? And I, this is actually one of the things that I kind of go, oh, Stephen, Stephen, you got to show more of an improvement. Like it's you're you're showing clips of potential all the way through, but you're never committing to any one idea. You got to start doing that. So that's what I'm looking at with the stop motion stuff. What if I did a little bit more stop motion? What if I did a little bit more CG? What if, Stephen, Mr. Sersky, although it's my father, I know, after May, you don't just do it once a year. What if you did it every week? Once every two weeks, you know, twice a month, you publish something to this channel. May you make your movie. And that way you keep your chops up throughout the year so then what happens to march motion or may you make your movie or april after effects or april animation or whatever the other catchy title i come up with right do i just start doing this more regularly do i still keep these as sort of like the uh, the pinnacle uh flash months the uh sort of uh show off months the 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 daily try off i guess video sprints i guess is what you would call them right the sprints content sprints is what they would be, March and May. April, eh, not sure. That's the idea. But I look at this, and like, when he uh, started looking at some of my stuff, I'm like, you know, I got to, that was enough to almost tell me, actually it was enough to tell me, to, to tell me. I'm like, that's it, I got to up my game. I It can't just be like, you know, flishy flashy, try this, try that, if it's out of focus or whatnot. Even though one of the videos I'm going to post is going to be out of focus, I, I have to deal with it, and I will probably do it again later on. But the idea being that with extra exposure, with extra people looking at this account, how much more can I step up? What would it take for me to step up even more? And what sort of videos could I do that would be a step up from what I was doing before? I am gravitating uh, gravitating towards stop motion at the moment. M- Probably, possibly, mostly because I've done a lot of uh, CG, computer graphics, special effects beforehand. And I want to get away from the computer as much as I know I have to do uh, video editing and sound tracking and stuff like that. I, I don't want to immediately go from work, which is in front of a computer, and then into another video project, which is, you know, I, I would much rather be it sort of real physical not looking at a computer screen for at least a little time do do whatever it is i got to get done and then sit down again in front of the computer screen later on in the evening give myself a break and you know a bit of a change of scenery as much as uh making digital videos can be a change of scenery all right folks i'm gonna leave it there Thank you very much for paying attention. Thank you very much for tuning in today. I appreciate it. Uh, show notes and tracks up on my website, stevenstrickley.com. I uh, hope you are doing well. And if you haven't had a chance to uh, check out my uh, new uh, latest newsletter on Substack, that's stevenstrickley.substack.com. This last weekend's newsletter talks all about the whole, whole George Lucas 
collectivation, sort of keeping all your stuff and being very uh, inventing a new division for every idea that you had. Please have a look. I'd be interested in hearing your comments about that. Folks, thank you very much for, uh, for tuning in. We'll talk again. Have a good one. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.